All right, welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, episode three. Uh, in this episode, we tackle our very first rom-com, at least our first for this podcast. Um, this film has Matthew McConaughey and Jennifer Garner in it. It's called Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. You know, there's nothing more enjoyable than making fun of silly misconceptions about love while also dissecting and pulling apart a ridiculous premise for a movie. Uh, and once again, Caitlin knocks it out of the park with her improved version of the story. So sit back and enjoy this new episode of Bad Movie Date Night. Before this movie. Like Before this, this movie. Because this one clearly takes first place. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, I I have a shameful history with rom-coms. Uh, the first one that comes to my mind is 13 Going on 30. How ironic that that would be your favorite rom-com. Yeah. I'm a big Mark Ruffalo fan. Yeah. Yeah. True fact. True fact? True fact. <laughs> it's embarrassing. What was your favorite rom-com? Oh, I don't know, but I just realized that we're recording. So, <laughs> hey, welcome hey. to Bad Movie Date Night, the show where my wife and I go on a date to our couch and watch a bad movie, and then we share all of your thoughts with it. I am Nigel from ajourneyintofilm.com, and with me is Caitlin. Hello. Caitlin. How are you? What did you think of this movie? Oh, this movie was worth it for one line. Literally, I would watch this movie again just to hear this line. I thought that was phenomenal writing, and it should have won awards for this line. I was a fan. You were a fan? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> a movie with flying magical beds and condoms falling from the sky sign me up yeah <laughs> the movie that we're talking about this week is ghosts of girlfriends past uh directed by mark waters written by john lucas scott moore and starring matthew mcconaughey jennifer garner emma stone and michael douglas brecken meyer and lacey chambert Caitlin, would it surprise you if I told you that this movie was written by the same individuals who wrote The Hangover, Bad Moms, those that, you know, the Bad Moms and Bad Moms Christmas, and Office Christmas Party? No, that's, that's not surprising. Would it surprise you if I told you this was the same director as Freaky Friday and Mean Girls? <laughs> no. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. This movie is very confusing to me. Why? Well, so, I mean, not that it doesn't make sense, but that I want to know why they chose this to tell the story in the which the way that they told decided to tell the <laughs> in story. In the way. Uh, you mean like how it's kind of set up like a Christmas carol? Yeah, but like not like a Christmas carol. Right. But, like, it is, but, like, they kind of make it work that way, but then they don't. Did it come out around Christmas time? Were they trying to, like, shoot for a Christmas-style movie and then, like... You know, you would think that they were going to. Let me uh, let me do some looking. Why don't you tell us what you liked and didn't like about this movie? Okay, so there was... Not a lot of things to like about the movie, but I will say that Emma Stone was like top list of things to like about the film. She did a phenomenal job, and it just goes to show the acting range that she has. Like, we're watching Maniac now versus her being in this movie, um, Crazy Stupid Love. She just has such a good dynamic and role. She did phenomenal in, in this movie, but 
Um, that was pretty much the only redeeming quality of this movie. Um, you got some weird performance with Matthew McConaughey. I almost think he is equal to Nicolas Cage in like just bizarre <laughs> acting. I mean, it's not that it's not like it's over the top. No, it's pretty over the top. I feel like he. I feel like it's over the top, but not to the same extreme as Nicolas Cage. Like no human being a- acts like Matthew McConaughey in real life. No, no, it's it's almost. The the funny thing is, like, after watching True Detective and... Which he was amazing in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, some of his older stuff, older stuff, more recent stuff, uh, in, the like, the more serious roles that he's taking on, it's, like, it's, it's really difficult to take him seriously as an actor whenever he plays these, like playboy, male mm-hmm. lead, rom-com characters. Well, yeah, I agree. And he, he's acting over the top in the sense of, like, his physical motion. Like, yeah. he's like, whoa! Like, just constantly can't get to, like, a grip on reality and that people stand up straight and stuff. He's just all over the screen. To be fair, I don't think there was a scene in this movie in which they weren't drinking heavily. <laughs> That's so he terrible. may have been his, he may have been trying to play his character as severely intoxicated. <laughs> well, it worked. Uh, to answer your question, this movie came out in May of two thousand. Okay, so I don't know what they were going with with that setup at all. I mean, there's snow. He literally opens up his window and says, "What is it? Christmas Day, boy." Just like in the Christmas Carol movies. Yeah, I was movies. very confused by that. Yeah, I don't under... And it came out in May? Yeah. Did they... Maybe they wanted it to come out in December. I... I that's... Okay. I don't know. Because there's lots of snow in right. it. Right. But... I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay. Just another thing to add to the list. You know, I thought it was kind of enjoyable to... I mean, I know that we're only like three episodes in on this podcast... And yeah. we haven't been canceled yet. And I think it, it was refreshing to see decent acting. I don't want to say it was great, but it was definitely several heads above Jason X and Chopping Mall. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Let's say from everybody <laughs> who's not Matthew McConaughey or Jennifer Garner. So all the B-list characters in yeah, the movie? Yeah, all of the side characters... <laughs> Well, Emma Stone was good. I know. She was I, I gave her props in the beginning. She did a phenomenal job. And she was the doctor was good. Black doctor, that's what I call him because I don't know his name. Brad. Brad. Uh Michael Douglas was good. It, it was very difficult to watch him in this role, but yeah. after seeing him in the game, I it kind of worked for me. I don't know. Michael Douglas. Uh Uncle Wayne. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, he was good. And his assistant. And oh, she she actually did a good job. Yeah. I thought she was believable. Um, what was his brother's name? Paul. Paul. I I did not like him as an actor in this fine. movie. I thought he gave a mediocre performance at best. Yeah. Replace him with any character and you would have the same movie. I mean, overall, this movie is passable. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Passable. Yeah. But not terrific. So what did you dislike about the movie? Um, I would have to go with number one on the list would be the fact that the bed flew and raced like a car and time traveled. All of that? You didn't like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. What? what? What was the point? Well, they clearly needed some kind of vehicle to travel from point A to point B. Did they watch the original Christmas Carol movies? They don't have vehicles. Well, Caitlin, they this, flew. Is, this is a modern retelling. So they picked a bed? Yeah, why not? It's fitting for his sex life, right? It is. It's fitting for his sex That's life. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. I'm just mad that we didn't get to see it like fly through the air, like an Aladdin situation. And then, like, how great <laughs> would it have been if Emma Stone started singing, like, I can show you the world. <laughs> If that was in the movie, 
it'd get an eight plus from me. Oh yeah, ten stars. Ten stars. Do you want to go into a summary, or do you have any other initial thoughts before we jump into it? Let's let's do a summary. Okay, I'm gonna really struggle with this summary. I just want to say that up front because even though we watched it like barely two days ago, and I took copious notes, I have a very difficult time of remembering when things happened in this movie because it was all kind of a blur of just things happening. Yeah, it was. It was. He's like a playboy photographer. Yeah. So the movie opens up with these very clever uh, titles that I think is where their entire budget went (laughs) because as the words project onto the screen. You see shadows over top of the buildings and cities. And uh, there's this like overhead view of a car pulling up to this building and it's all CGI inexplicably. And who gets out of the car? Matthew McConaughey playing Connor Mead. And he walks into this building that has his name on it. So you're like, oh, this guy's a hot shot. And we get in there And there are women walking around everywhere in lingerie. And you're like, what kind of pervert is this guy? Turns out he's a photographer who takes tastefully crafted semi-nude photographs for what purpose? We never find out. Yeah, it said Vanity Fair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one girl said this, like, this is for Vanity Fair or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, oh, and as, like, this is going on and they're still... You know, the titles are coming across now instead of like instead of like shadowing on things, they're like, you know, as like people walk through them and stuff like a ghost. (laughs) I didn't even (laughs) catch that. (laughs) That's clever. Yeah. You know, there's a couple moments of death (laughs) in this movie. You know, it had to earn that 5.3 on IMDb somehow. 5.3. Yeah. Who gave it that many points? I don't know. So here's another part of the movie that was quite a conundrum to me. So he uh, he shows up, and this girl is some kind of music artist, and he's supposed to be taking her picture for this magazine, and his assistants start just pulling her clothes off, and she's like, oh, I thought this was going to be for Vanity Fair. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be for Vanity Fair. (laughs) Very convincing. And he puts an apple on her head, and she says, what are you going to do with that? And he's like, oh, meet this famous Chinese archer. The lady's like, what are you going to do with that? And he's like, oh, she's going to shoot an arrow at you. And he's like, but it's okay. She placed 18th in, like, the... Chinese Olympics or some sporting <laughs> event <laughs> and she's freaking out and she's mad and she's yelling at him and she's screaming and throwing a tantrum and he the Chinese girl she shoots the arrow at it the arrow hits the apple it explodes he takes his picture so that he has his moment of genuine shock and surprise on her face and what do we cut to what you don't know <laughs> <laughs> him tapping that oh yeah that's right (laughs) i forgot he does that a lot so i couldn't keep track yeah he like apparently this near-death experience made her rethink her decisions in life and now she's ready to sleep with this photographer who just shot an arrow at her yeah do you remember what happens next um then he sets up some type of Skype phone call. I'm not really sure why this took place right then and there, but his assistant set it up. And then he Skypes three women over Skype. And he breaks up with all three of them at the same time. Because he's he's late to his brother's Brother's wedding. wedding. That's right. And his assistant sets up this call because he needs to break up with these women before the wedding for... Reasons. I don't. I didn't understand that. I think they were trying to show, like, how much of a scumbag he is. Because he, remember, he sits down and he's like, all right, ladies, we're going to have to do this in bulk. I'm running late. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny and, like, shows him. But I just didn't understand, like, if he was really a terrible guy, why did he break up with them before the wedding? Oh, because he's a gentleman. Why didn't. 
He could have just like ghosted them. Ha ha, get it. You're so funny. I know. (laughs) So then he goes to his brother's wedding, right? Yeah. Well, it's not really the wedding. I don't know why he was even there so early. Well, okay, so he was the best man. Oh, that's right, that's right. But (laughs) the way that they act whenever he gets there, they're all surprised that he's there. Right. Like, oh, you showed up? Yeah. And I just want to know, like, who picks who picks someone who may or may not show up to be their best man? An insecure little brother. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Could you imagine if I had done that, too, at, like, at our wedding? Like, oh, hey. <laughs> Nathan might not show up. <laughs> I would have not freaked out like she did, but. Oh, yeah. She was fun. a little bit of a bridezilla. A little bit. Well, like, the weird thing about. Her character, um, played by Eliza Thornberry, <laughs> um, Sandra, she's the bride. She, like, in some instances, she seems, like, super chill. But then she gets really upset about things very quickly. Yeah. And she's a little bit of a daddy's girl because right. the dad's officiating the wedding. He's some kind of military man. Who is he played by again? The guy from Twin Peaks. Robert Forster. Yeah. Sergeant Bolcom. Then what happens is we find out that he has slept with all the bridesmaids except for one. I don't remember that, but. Well, because when he comes in, they all whisper to each other about how they slept with him. Oh, I thought they were challenging each other to sleep with him. No, they were saying he's already had me. He already had me. And then the blonde was like, I'm going to get him this time. Yeah, but, like, doesn't the other girl try to hook up with him later? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember this at all. I thought they were, like... No, he slept with them before. Oh, I... Yeah, I got... I definitely thought that they were, like, all right, girls. No, 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 no. May the best one win. No, no, Sporting. The the other two slept with him and the blonde didn't. Okay. You gotta pay attention. I stopped taking notes because I was so, so enthralled with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing a good job remembering it, though. I'm doing pretty good for my memory. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so so we get introduced to Jennifer Garner's character, too, and and we see that she doesn't take his crap. Like, this is the first character we're introduced to where she's like, nope, not having it. She plays the stereotypical rom-com girl who, while she might not be all about her job and, like, you know, doesn't have any friends and is very uptight and needs to learn to let go. She's like, I'm not going to take your crap. And you're kind of like, who is this chick? What is their history together? Right. Set up some good questions there. Yeah. That doesn't get explained through like, because I honestly thought like it was maybe his sister. Like I was that confused that I was like, are they sisters? Is yeah. that his cousin? I don't understand. I thought they were going to hook up. I'd, it was very confusing to me. Yeah, they they kind of paint her as this character who, well, the thing is, like, everybody in the family is like, I'm not going to put up with your crap. Like, right. even his brother is kind of like, oh, yeah, my brother's kind of this way, but, like, chill out. Mm-hmm. Like, he's cool. And then right. everybody else either wants to sleep with him or hates him. Right. And she, like, clearly cares about him but is not taking his crap. And they even reference, like, I think in early meeting each other again, they reference how they've known each other forever. So you're thinking, like, siblings? Cousins? The only reason I didn't assume that is because I knew they had to hook up later. (laughs) And I don't think a movie from the late 2000s is going to promote incest. Game of Thrones wasn't that popular yet. (laughs) But the funny thing is, like, he walks in there and he's like... I own this place. Right. And he's like, like, he tries to steal the bride like, the second he walks in. Yeah. He's like, you know, it's not too late to get out of here. I got the car out front. I, I, it might be too early to say this, but you know me very well, right? Yeah. Okay. Am I a feminist? No, not by any modern definition of the word. Right. So if you are. Good for you. You do you. It's my right as a woman to not be a feminist. And no, I'm not. not. But this movie was offensive to me, which it is was, saying a lot. 
this movie was quite offensive. Like with the level of objectification from Matthew McConaughey's character. Oh my god. And and like I really am not a feminist, so I don't get offended by like men I'm I just don't get offended. But this movie was like over the top. Like what did he just say? <laughs> my favorite part my favorite part of this movie is that the writers tried so hard to make Michael Douglas and Matthew McConaughey these, like, terrible womanizers. Right. And, like, these people that just, like, are serial, sleeping around, dating, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> Michael Douglas calls women dames. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what year is this? <laughs> He's like, you know, the thing about a dame is, it's like, ugh. And the and then like Matthew McConaughey, like even young, tiny Matthew McConaughey that doesn't look like him at all is like doesn't think to stop him and say, Hey, Uncle Wayne, we don't call him that anymore. No one thinks to say that to him? No. No. And and not only was this movie like not me too friendly, it was also like not giving girls a great name either because the one girl they're at a bar after the rehearsal and there's like a guy coming down the stairs and she's like oh I'm gonna hook up with him and the other girl's like oh he's married and she was like well does he have kids and and then the other girl just kind of looks at her and she's like what he's not really married unless he has kids what a hoe that's true there are only two women in this movie that Two or three women in this movie that don't seem to just be there to sleep with people. Name them, please, because I well, can't. like Emma Stone. Yeah, okay, but she's also dead, so. Well, yeah, 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 but it counts. Uh, Jennifer Garner. Okay. Well, because she wasn't even that interested in Brad. She was just like, "Oh, he's the guy that my friends brought to hook okay. for me to hook up I'll with." I'll give you her. She was more focused on like making sure the wedding went well. I know I'm missing one, but then the other one is the the third ghost. What about the receptionist? Oh, the assistant. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't want to either. So like, yeah. but like what? Like the main character, but like all of the people in this movie are like, hey, let's just sleep together. Right. This movie is like one rating and two seconds away from like an eyes wide shut orgy. Yeah, I agree with that. But it wouldn't be as good. Even well, even the bride was a little bit of like, yeah, because she she straight up told him, <laughs> yeah, I'm at least gonna get married four times. Right. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a joke, but it was a joke. But it turns out to not be a joke right. later in the movie. Right. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, I mean, everyone is just really horrible in this movie. I mean, it doesn't give girls a good name, and it doesn't give guys a good name. So many people looked up to Matthew McConaughey's character that I forgot they were complimenting him on his photography skills. <laughs> like, people come up to him, they're like, oh, I'm a big fan of your work. And I'm like... <laughs> How many women he slept with? <laughs> How many women has he slept with? <laughs> you know what's interesting? Okay, so just from How I Met Your Mother, you know, that mm-hmm. show? Barney, you don't hate him, and he's like a womanizer like Matthew McConaughey in this movie. I think it's because un, like with Barney, you can tell pretty much immediately that he kind of has a heart of gold. Okay. Or yeah. at least like you find him to be hopeful. Whereas like yeah. Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. the only reason you know that he's going to have a change of heart in the movie is because the movie tells you that he's going to. Yeah, and it's like an hour and 50 minutes and so you're like, okay, well we're nearing the end here. He's got to change soon. Yeah, that happens so fast. Yeah. He spent so much time at the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. Well, that was the other weird thing is this movie takes place over like an entire night. Right. But like, it feels so much longer. Yeah, like it feels like maybe he got there earlier in the day than I thought. I know. Like maybe they were having like a brunch or something because they were up so late. Yeah, and if you're getting married the next day... You're not all sitting around laughing, no. having drinks till four in the morning. I mean, I didn't when we were getting married. Yeah. So let, let's just leave it at this for the time being, and we'll move on with our <laughs> summary. This is not an example of a rom-com to look up to if you're looking for 
tips on your love life. Accurate. Also, the catchphrase for the bridesmaids is hua. Yeah, that was annoying. It turned into like a real thing. But it reminded me also of How I Met Your Mother, where they call them the woo girls. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I just wanted to note that the Sandra at one point freaks out because there's no fruit on the salad. And she says, fruit is the new crouton. Yep. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, she says, fruit is the new crouton. Or figs oh, are yeah. the new crouton or something. I've, no, she freaks out because there's no figs on the salad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, there's yeah. fruit instead. And she's no, no, saying. No, no, there's nothing on the salad. Are you she sure? She wants to know where the figs are. And so, like, oh. the reason she wanted the figs is because she said fi- fruit is the new crouton. Because it's fattening. No, because it has to be on a salad. Because it's, like, it. hip or something. Okay. But then to be like a super jerk, <laughs> as Matthew McConaughey is storing out, he goes, you know what? Some figs would have been good on this salad. <laughs> that was pretty hilarious. I mean, she completely overreacts to not having figs on the salad. Like one second away from being locked up in an insane asylum because there's no figs on the salad. Like one second away from calling off the entire wedding. Yeah. And just shout out to all the women out there getting married and stuff. Just, it's a day. I hope you know that. It it starts. Just chill out. Yeah, and it ends. The sun goes up and the sun goes down. And really the only thing that matters is if 50 years from now you're still married to the same person that you got married to on that day. And I guarantee you, you don't care if you have figs on your salad. Yeah. Just, just saying. One of the few things the notebook probably got right. Yeah. Apart from the whole, like, cheating thing. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. Um, But it was at this point in the movie where I'm like, why does anybody give any credibility to what this guy says? Like, everybody gets so mad at him instead of just being, just saying, oh, yeah, you know, like, that's just Connor being Connor. So when, when Matthew McConaughey, he goes into the bathroom because he's only been drinking all night. He hasn't eaten, like... An ounce of food except for that salad, the which salad. does nothing for <laughs> the 17 scotches that he's down. Right. Uh, he might, runs into uh, Michael Douglas, Uncle Wayne, in the bathroom, which at this point it's been established he's been dead for a while. And Matthew McConaughey thinks he's drunk. Michael Douglas says, you got to change your ways, man. You got to turn things around, which... That made no sense. It Why? didn't... It, so in The Christmas Carol, it's Marley, right? Mm-hmm. That's been dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Marley's dead. Yeah. And he's like, I was wrong. You, that wasn't the right, right way to live. Mm-hmm. Like, I wear these chains because I'm weighed down by my money. Michael Douglas just seems to be, like, there. He kind of just seems like he wants to mess with Connor, to be honest. Yeah. Kind of like, seems like he's getting ready to start him, like, the greatest prank ever. Yeah. That's he, he didn't even want to change at the end of the film, uh, Uncle Wayne. Yeah, 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 because he's trying to hook up with all the ghosts. Yeah, at the end of the <laughs> so movie. it's not even like he changed his ways. It was like he just wanted to mess around with Connor. Yeah, my favorite was when he goes up to Emma Stone and he's like, so what do you say? And she's like, I'm 16. I'm like, <laughs> And he says, oh, what does he say? He's like, we're, we're all ghosts or something like that. And uh, not me too friendly, just saying. Yeah. So the one thing that I wrote down is that I'm actually a little disappointed in. Michael, it's established that my Uncle Wayne calls Connor Dutch. And I wrote down, I bet we find out why he's called Dutch. And we never find out why he's called Dutch. Yeah. Which is something that would have been more interesting than, (laughs) (laughs) like, 30% of this movie. And then, so Connor leaves the bathroom. He goes out. He starts feeling up the bride's mom, thinking that she's one of the ghosts. Like, immediately, as soon as he sees her, like, puts his hands on her chest. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and she is way too comfortable with this real-life person just grabbing her chest. Yeah. She definitely wanted to hook up with him. Yeah. Like, 80% of the people in this movie. Yeah. I don't really know what the point of that scene was other than to introduce the mom. And 
I think they were trying to be funny with him feeling her up because it wasn't. It was not funny. It was just kind of awkward. It was so awkward. And I just felt like, well, now not only is Matthew McConaughey a horrible person, but also the bride's mom is a horrible person. Yeah. Now we just have more horrible people. Yeah, there's not a single redeeming person in this movie except maybe Paul. Brad. Brad might be redeeming. Yeah. I want him to be redeeming. I wrote down that Brad looks like a bigger dick than Connor. (laughs) (laughs) Because he kind of does. Yeah. But I think it's just his face. He just kind of has like a smug look to him. No, you're right. He is also a doctor, so he's a little braggy. Yeah. Also, at this point, it's like 30-ish minutes into the movie, and we still don't know who Jennifer Garner's character is. Right. No idea. Yeah. Still thinking she's a cousin, personally. I'm still like, they're probably cousins. Probably. They're going to... Oh, what's that movie in uh, um, Arrested Development? Dangerous Cousins. (laughs) No, but I honestly just thought that they weren't even going to hook up. Like, I just thought, like, okay, she's going to help him get over this egotistical thing. And I know what the cover is, but, like, I thought it was just going to be like, oh, I'm the cousin, I'm the boss, I'm going to help you get over these ways and help you find a No, look at that smolder that she's got on her face. She's like... Well, that's just how she looks. This is my man. Like, he's got a scarf on that he never wears in this Mm. entire movie. I don't know. It's Maybe okay. he had it. It on really at the doesn't end. matter. It doesn't. But I also just want to point out that none of the women in this poster that in the pictures looking at him are in the movie at all. Actually, I think I saw them in the one scene where there's like they, 500 <laughs> women. <laughs> they were maybe in that scene, but really, could you tell? No. Okay. So he's I don't really know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he starts talking to the blonde woman. Who the blonde, the blonde bridesmaid, right? So she and telling her about how long her legs are, which seemed a little offensive, but okay. Tells her to go upstairs, and he goes upstairs thinking that he's gonna hook up with her and that she's in his bed. And who shows up? Emma freaking Stone. Best part of this movie, hands down. Easily, even she if nails you it. Don't watch this movie. Do a Google search of what her character looks like because she's got like this frizzy afro and this denim jacket and looks like the reject from your parents' 1980s (laughs) high school yearbook. (laughs) I think you should watch this movie if you really enjoy Emma Stone because she did carry it. I mean, the movie's not like awful to sit through. It's no Jason X, but it's... If you really enjoy Emma Stone and you want to see how her career goes, check it out. Yeah, yeah, Because this is still pretty early in her career. Yeah. Um, so basically she's the ghost of girlfriend's past. Or ghost of... She's the past girlfriend. <laughs> and it was at this point that I realized that this movie is based on A Christmas Carol. Which right. I should have assumed from the title. But I didn't. I didn't either. And she's like, hey... Let's go, let's go look at your past love, and the bed moves, and the bed becomes... The the bed moves through the wall. Through the wall. Uh, Also where their budget went. (laughs) She takes him on a magical journey to when he was 12-ish, and we see the swing set that he was longingly looking at at the beginning of the movie as he drove up to the house. Didn't even catch that. Didn't even catch oh, it. Oh, the way he was looking at the, the swing set <laughs> in the beginning of the movie, I wrote down, did somebody die on that swing set? <laughs> because it wasn't just like a sadness for something that happened a long time ago. It was like it was like a tortured sadness. Oh. Like I was part of something that oh went down <laughs> on this swing set, and I will never forget Oh, it. my gosh. And then we find out who Jenny is. She's a childhood friend and apparently his first love because they used to hang out together when they were 12. And she gave him his first camera, a Polaroid. So she really set him up to be this womanizer. I mean, she did. She really did. It's all (laughs) Jenny's fault. I mean, it's more or less her fault. She gave him the camera. She hooked up with another guy at prom, which made him leave with his crappy uncle. That's true. So everything falls on Jenny's part. So what did we learn from this movie? Women are the worst. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> um, also, something that was kind of funny about this scene is when he says, I don't remember it like that. And Emma Stone starts rewinding it. Yeah. And things go backwards like an old VHS tape. Yeah. And that was a little funny. So apparently the ghost can rewind stuff. I said Jenny's lifelong hatred stems from him not kissing her, obviously. Right. Because they're on the swing set and they're still 12 and she wants him to kiss her, but he doesn't. And so it's like, well, she probably did all this on purpose to get back at him Mm -hmm. for not kissing her at 12. That's what I'm saying. Women are evil and manipulative sabotaged his whole life. <laughs> Clearly nothing in this movie is Connor's fault no, at all. He has no control over his actions. That's he is true. a product he of is, his environment. He is an addict. <laughs> it is a medical disorder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, also, we find out that their parents died. Him and right. Paul. Which we don't see Paul as a kid. I don't remember. Yeah, he he was running when his when his parents oh, were walking. Yeah, he was, was running. There was there was, there was, was an extra <laughs> child just running. Oh yeah. Oh, I wanted to get to the next part. Uh, the next the next um, high school. Yeah. Oh, when they're at the prom. Yeah, because the bed zooms up like a car. <laughs> Pretty great. You say that you don't like the bed, but it sounds like you <laughs> like the bed. I've never seen a movie have a time traveling bed before. Bed knobs and broom, bed knobs and broomsticks. Never watched it. Oh well, there's a traveling bed in that. Now I have to watch it. And I feel like in order, I, I, if I remember correctly, like in order for the bed to move, like you had to twist <laughs> the loose bed knob or whatever. Even that makes more sense though than this. Yeah, the, I mean, it really doesn't, especially since, like, they don't use the bed for the next two ghosts. Right. They just kind of walk around places. Right. But they show up to high school, and you see Connor when he's not 12, and, um, oh, yeah, 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 the, it's established that their parents died, and they moved in with Uncle Wayne. Mm-hmm. And I notated that... Clearly, kids take after their adult figures in their lives because this is why he turns into a pervert. Right. And at the prom, I just wanted to give a shout out to the girl who plays... Krista B. Allen. Yes. Teenage Jenny. Just just a shout out to... I don't really know how this happened, if it was done on purpose or whatever, but she is she plays younger Jenny... Which young is Jennifer Gen- Garner. Yeah, young Jennifer Garner. Um, and she In plays... In going on 30. Okay. I, okay. I thought, you were, I thought you were struggling to get it out. I was trying no. to help you. Okay, my B. So she plays young Jennifer Garner... In 13 Going on 30 and young, young Jennifer Garner in this movie. And that's just pretty neat. That's all. Yeah, fun fact. Thanks for stealing my fun fact from the end of the podcast. So. (laughs) It's over. Bye, guys. Jenny is upset that Connor won't dance with her, so she goes dance with this football player. Right. And I wrote down that rejection turns men into perverts. (laughs) Also, there's a white kid moonwalking in a joke about the Michael Jackson glove that (laughs) maybe it was funnier in 2009. Maybe. Because isn't that right around when Michael Jackson died? I'm pretty sure. 2000. I feel like that's right. We were in 10th grade, so yeah, whatever that was. That was a long time ago. I don't yeah. remember that. Okay, so someone says that Michael Douglas, or Uncle Wayne, invented the word MILF. Yeah. Just to paint a picture of how much of a scumbag he is. Also, so he, he the... Um, young Connor's like, hey, teach me to not be rejected by women. And where does Michael Douglas take him? I thought it was a strip club at first. I thought it was too, but I think it was just like a bar. It was. It was just a bar. Okay. And he's telling him like how to pick up women. Connor tells him that he's not supposed to talk to strangers. (laughs) And throughout this entire thing, Michael Douglas continues to call women dames. It's... It is literally so offensive. Like, I don't remember 
like I've seen movies where guys describe how to pick up women, mm-hmm. but none of them are as offensive as Michael Douglas in this right. movie. I agree. Be- it's like they took the scumbaggiest person that they could come up with and tried to turn him into a role model for this kid. Yeah. Like even arguably even Connor is not as much of a scumbag as Uncle Wayne is. Right. I agree. Like Uncle Wayne is just a straight creeping pervert. Right. Absolutely. I mean, the only way I know how to describe this movie to people is if you know me, you know I'm not a feminist and like but it was offensive to me. Like that's how bad this movie was. Like over the top treating women like garbage. Yeah. So he teaches Connor how to pick up this woman, but he doesn't leave with this woman. Um, oh, he also tells him that whenever you're leaving a one night stand to just forget your shoes if she catches you. And I was like, that's really bad advice. What if that's a nice pair of shoes? What if you have to run? Well, that's what he's saying. He's like, if you have to run. No, no, no. What if you have to shoes? literally run? Well, yeah, that's what he's saying is forget your shoes. <laughs> that seems like the most important part for running. Arguably, you'd be better off with the shoes right. and leaving everything else exactly. behind. So that was just poor advice. Because if you're naked running with just shoes on, the police will pick you up and they'll take you home. <laughs> <laughs> right. You get home even faster that yeah. way. Just another bad advice from Uncle Wayne. Yeah. So then we find out that Connor like disappeared from school for several years. I wrote down, I was pretty proud of this moment. I said, apparently he stopped going to school to learn to pick up women. Yeah. And that actually happened. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) Uncle Wayne homeschools him, teaches him how to, like, takes him out of high school. Right. To teach him how to pick up women. Right. So he shows up at this party with this, like, leather jacket, and he's all cool. And then we we meet young Emma Stone, and they go into a back room, have sex for, like, 10 seconds, and it's all funny and whatnot. And throughout all of this, Emma Stone's character is still... Yeah, she's hilarious. Pretty great. Pretty mm-hmm. hilarious. And then we go to adult Connor, who looks like Michael Bolton. Oh, gosh. With, like, oh, gosh. <laughs> He's uh, got this horrible long-haired wig on, which... No, I can't. I'm gonna throw up if we keep talking about and, like, it. Like he's got it's this so like <laughs> he's got this like silk shirt on. Oh. He's like, oh yeah, oh. I'm so cool. I'm a photographer. I make hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year as a photographer. Oh, I blocked this part out of my brain. Yeah, and we find out that Jenny's a doctor, of course. Right. What else would she be in this movie? Like for real though. Who still has feelings for their childhood crush? Like, I get that they were friends and whatnot, but you didn't really continue to connect later no. in life. Right. I have a really difficult time that in you, in her mind, she's like, yep, that 12-year-old is the same person, and that's who I want to be with for the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. No. No one's mature. No one is mature enough at 12 to make that decision. No. So, I don't remember who says this, but... Someone, oh, I think it's uh, uh, Connor says that he's got a medical condition, a broken heart. (laughs) (laughs) I also wrote down that he looks like a gay pirate. (laughs) (laughs) He does say he has a medical condition because he tries to hook up with her. And he's like, I need I need your number. I have a medical condition as a doctor. You have to give it to me. And she's like, "Okay, what's your medical condition? He said a broken heart. What? Yeah. Forget that. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. So then they start dating and because he really wants to tap that. And she's like, no, 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 no. You got to do the work first. And she's like, I can change him. And he's like, no, you can't. Because what happens when she finally lets him in the house? He sleeps and runs. He sleeps and runs. And he has that brief moment of maybe I'll stay. Mm -hmm. Maybe I like spooning. But then he hears Uncle Wayne's words in his head saying, like... You're spooning, you loser. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what he says, but spooning is, like, the first sign down the path of the dark side or something. Right. I don't know. Also, side note, nobody can change anybody. 
Yeah, for real. Just well, she acknowledges out. that later. She's yeah. like, I, I I found out that I was dating Project Men, and af- pretty much after him, she was like, yeah, I stopped doing that. Yeah, good for them for getting one thing right in this movie. Yeah. The one solid piece of relational advice that this movie gave. Right. And that was it. <laughs> and that was it. Um. So then he wakes up. Oh, no, 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 no. So to continue with the past girlfriends Emma Stone introduces says this line that becomes funny throughout the rest of the movie but it's not that funny uh, where she says oh this next part will be easier to do in bulk and she opens up this door and it's just this bar <laughs> that was actually pretty funny with like 5,000 women and they're all saying like remember me I was nine seconds in the airplane bathroom yeah we dated for two minutes last week in the train car or something like that at one point we hear a man's voice that was very off-putting they all like clamor at him like connor stay with us like yeah and then he wakes up like before we open the door to the five thousand women i thought oh maybe this is just one girlfriend of ghost pass or ghost of girlfriend past but, but then, doesn't he, like, say, I changed, I changed already? Yeah, he seems to have a firm grasp on where he went wrong. Yeah. And, like, he pretty much immediately starts, he he apologizes to Jenny, like, yeah. right away. He does. And he... And she doesn't accept it. Yeah. Which, that's fine, and yeah. that's understandable. Yeah. But clearly he's trying to make an effort here. Yeah, but I think, like, actions speak louder than words. Yeah. And how does he speak it with his actions? He tries to hook up. No, he drops the cake. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's like, oh, I need a drink. Breaks into the the toast champagne. Yeah, so really, exactly. Actions speak louder than words. He goes and takes the wedding champagne for the next day. Yeah, with a sign that clearly says, in like the only sight gag in this entire movie, the sign that says like, champagne for toasting only. Yeah. And he takes a bottle. Yeah. And the cork knocks out one of the little stands on the cake. Of so course. he's standing there catching it. Because we all know the wedding cake stays on the kitchen counter the day before the wedding. Yeah. That's how it works. They don't deliver it the day of. Or keep it cold. Duh. Okay. Why would you do that? I don't know. <laughs> so he knocks over a little stand and he tries to... He tries to, like, catch the champagne bottle with his foot, which is on a different counter, which is significantly further, at least from the way it looks, from the actual, like, stand thing on the floor. Also, let's just point out for a second, there are at least 15 people in the other room. Right. At any point in time, he could have said, hey, I done messed up. Right. Anybody want to go grab the stand? But instead, he drops the cake. It Mm -hmm. spills on the floor. Another reason that he didn't really change, because he was too proud to ask for help. Yeah. Which, arguably, at the end, I feel like he still would be, because he Yeah, at the end, he didn't change at all. I think he had a change of heart. No, he didn't. (laughs) No, he didn't. He's the same person. Yeah, his change at the end isn't very convincing. No. He still just wants to tap that. Yeah, but he now he just wants to tap one. <laughs> no. <laughs> he still he goes right at the end of the movie he's like, "Oh, that's so tempting, ladies." Cuz the the bridesmaids try to hook up with him again and he goes, "That's so tempting." And he like is staring at their chest, really so tempting. And then like goes and gets Jenny and it's like, "Um, okay, you totally changed." Well, I think if he hadn't I think if he did hook up with them, it'd be a sign that it changed. And I think the fact of the matter is because he lived that life so long, it would be tempting for him. But he's making the choice to say no. no. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. So then he tries to leave because uh, Bridezilla starts yelling at him. Oh, but she has a good reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cake's on the floor. Like, you yell at anyone who knocks your cake on the floor. Yeah. That's not really that great of a reason. <laughs> I was thinking of the other reason. What other reason? Um, when she finds out that her oh, husband that's, slept. Oh, that's later. Yeah. That's later. Yeah. So Matthew McConaughey tries to leave because he realizes that no one wants him there. 
at one point someone tells the bride like he's not worth it and I said oh that's the most sensible thing anyone said <laughs> in this entire movie at one oh Caitlin Name a relationship that we've seen in a movie or TV show that's more believable than Jennifer Garner and Matthew McConaughey. Any relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, let's just throw out as many relationships more believable than the two of them Uh, as we can. Leslie and Ben. Okay. Chris and Ann. Okay. April and Andy. Okay. Let's move outside of (laughs) Parks and Rec in the office. (laughs) <laughs> um, Ted and Robin. Haha, <laughs> that one was a joke. Uh, Lily and Marshall. Yeah. Um, Han and Leia. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. <laughs> um, um, I'm blinking. The couple oh from my the gosh. Princess Bride. The couple from the Princess Bride. Um, Topanga and Corey. Sean and Angela. <laughs> What? These are all good ones. <laughs> just pulling from your repertoire of TV um, shows. Scott and Ramona. That's a good one. Um, Spider-Man and MJ. Yeah. Okay. Beauty and the Beast. Definitely. <laughs> okay. So I ask you that, and I make that point, to say that literally any... Any couple would probably have worked better than Jennifer Garner and Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah. For certain. There's zero on-screen, on-screen chemistry with them. Yeah, I would agree with that. They both, like, even at the end of the movie, they still seem to be their own characters. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, all right, so the second ghost shows up whenever he tries to leave, and it's his assistant, which is very weird because she's not dead yet. Right, that was confusing. That was a very I thought like maybe she died choice. like coming there or something, and it was like I thought that too. Yeah, right. And I was really hoping. Yeah, and then I mean, that would hoping. cause change for him. Maybe that maybe would cause change. Right, that's what I was sure. hoping. But um, oh, so then to make it more weird, well, we'll get to that in a second. So then what happens? Oh yeah, so then they he she takes him in and sees all the people saying terrible things about him. Right. And he's like, "Oh, I didn't know that people thought this way about him." Which like no one people really say that stuff to his face. So it's yeah. not I don't know he why. He shouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. And then she takes him to her apartment and she's having drinks with the girls that he broke up with at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that was just weird though. It was weird, but I thought how great is it that he's bringing these friendships together <laughs> where people can bond over Mutually. their hatred of him? <laughs> and then, so Jennifer Garner's like trying to put the cake back together. Right. Like, and then Brad comes in. To help her. Right. And they're both trying to put the cake back together. That Connor broke. That Connor broke. And they're pro- trying to serve floor cake to their guests. Yeah, that's also gross. But Brad's like this doctor that they're trying to hook Jenny up with. Yeah, I... Actually started to think he may have been a prostitute. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a phenomenal twist. Well, so here's the thing. They keep saying, like, oh, he's the guy they flew in for Jenny. (laughs) And, like, he's got got that, that, like, charming smile. He's like, oh, I'm here for you. I'm sensitive. Like, he does everything right. And I was like, I bet you they paid him to be here. With her. That is a phenomenal observation and probably accurate. They call him her wedding hookup. Yeah. They don't they don't call him like, oh hey, here's this guy I want you to meet. And we never see him talking to anyone else. Actually, if you ever watch like the scenes, he's always in like the back corner. Yeah, by himself. Right. He clearly knows nobody at this wedding. Right. His job was to be there and meet her. And wouldn't okay, let's be real. If you were to hire a prostitute for a friend. Yeah, do that all the time. Because <laughs> I have so many friends. You know, like, wouldn't you want, and like you didn't want them to know it was a prostitute, wouldn't you right. pick like a really impressive job for them to be? Oh, yeah. Exactly. This, yeah. This, I mean, that just blew <laughs> my mind. There's nothing more to say. Oh, okay. And then the scene ends with, uh, Uncle Wayne again, and he's standing in the street with Connor. I don't know why they're on the street, but they're in some street somewhere. <gasps> this is my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. You want me to say it? Yeah, you say it. Okay. And 
Uncle Wayne pulls out an umbrella, and it starts raining. Here it comes, here it comes. And he says, these are all the lady tears that have been spread for you in all your life. That's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. And then it starts raining no. tissues. Because of all the tissues that have been <laughs> for his life. And then all of the condoms. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I mean, you don't see anything right. with the condoms, but you hear some things. Yeah. And it's gross. Yeah. Super gross. Also hilarious. Like, you just would not expect that. Yeah. <laughs> Oof my favorite part yeah oh so the ghost of future comes shortly right. after that and she it's, doesn't talk like she doesn't talk at all the She's, other christmas carol ghosts no but like the death character in the original christmas that's what i'm saying didn't talk that's yeah. what i meant that's yeah, yeah yeah which it like at first it was kind of like this swirly snowy like thingy and i was mm-hmm. like oh that would be kind of cool but no they just used another person she kind of looks like, I would imagine that she's probably some famous Swedish model. Yes, I, same thought. So, because she just kind of had that look like, yeah. I'm Swedish and I'm a model. Right. And. Her face was so symmetrical. It was so. very symmetrical. Just saying. And <laughs> it was at this point that I said, you so like in the original Christmas Carol, Scrooge dies. And I was like. Instead of death, like, does he get an STD and he can't, like, sleep with anyone anymore? That would be a more fitting punishment. That would be a more fitting punishment for him. But instead, he dies alone, and the only person that comes to his funeral is his brother. Which is kind of surprising. Cause yeah. Because he, 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 at that point, his brother was mad at him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because at this point, the brother find or uh, the bride, Sandra, finds out that the brother slept with one of the bridesmaids. And the, she's like, I'm right, her fiance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, I'm soups ready to dump you. Right. And they leave fighting, and Matthew McConaughey leaves. Because he slept with one of the bridesmaids while they were dating. They, he says that the timeline was iffy, and it was like three years ago. So it's like, who really knows at that point? They don't really sort it out. So it's like, who knows who's right in this situation? That's not the point <laughs> of. <laughs> What I'm trying to say is, like, that's not the point of... Keep talking. ...the argument. <laughs> okay. So going back to the movie, um, Breck and Meyer's old age makeup looked like terrible. Like, he should have told her, regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely okay. should have told her. Okay, That That's the point that I'm trying to make. It's the, okay. the point is he should have told her. Yes. Not the fact that it happened. Okay. Regardless of whatever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're going to get so many angry complaints out of this one. Um, oh, and then his brother has this inexplicable southern accent whenever he is, it's like, old. old. Yeah. I don't know why that happened. So then Matthew McConaughey's like, oh, no, I don't want to have only one person at my my funeral. I want to be surrounded by all of my loved ones all of a sudden. And he wakes up, and he throws open the the window, and he yells... You there, boy. Is it Christmas? And this bo- poor kid just shoveling the driveway is like, what is wrong with you? No, it's not Christmas. It's the middle of May. <laughs> That's not what he says. I know, but oh, okay. the movie came out in May, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, it, it makes no sense. Like, no. I get that they were going for, like, a Christmas carol thing. It makes sense. And it was no probably sense. supposed to be funny. It wasn't. And I imagine they said to to McConaughey, like, hey, go say something, like, go say something funny. And he's like, like, what? And they're like, I don't know. You'll figure it out. He didn't he figure, didn't it, figure out. it out. <laughs> um, he finds out that the wedding was called off. Right. Because people aren't able to handle conflict correctly. They don't communicate. They don't communicate. And he hops in Uncle Wayne's shagging wagon. Yeah. I don't know what it was. but I think that's what the license plate said. It it very I don't pay attention to it. He (laughs) drives through the wall of the garage and chases the car like down the hill. Doesn't even drive on the road. So like the car's like zigzagging on the driveway. To uh, Elvis burn in love. 
to Elvis's song, Burn in Love. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's very fitting. Yeah. And he, like, says, oh, I believe in love now and blah, 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 blah. And they serve floor cake to the guests. Also, apparently they didn't have a photographer for the wedding because he starts taking photographs. Or maybe they sent him home. I don't know. But, oh, and it ends with him and Jennifer dancing in the snow outside because they can't do it inside. Right. And that was it. That was it. And you don't really see any real change. No, you don't really see any change from anyone. You know, this is a very difficult movie to make fun of because it was just kind of so mediocre. Like nothing happened that was drastically funny. It's more thinking about what could have been that's funny. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? No, I agree with what you're saying for sure. I think that... It was not the best movie. It wasn't the worst movie either, though. But I do think that there was a lot of, like, if you want a bad rom-com, you should watch this because Emma Stone is great. And the part where rain starts falling in tissues and condoms will make you chuckle. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, like, if you really like rom-coms, if you Definitely really like rom-coms and you want to laugh, watch this. Yeah. I'm not going to answer the question, where are they now? Because so many of these stars are pretty yeah. big that you can figure it out yourself. Right. Um, but, Caitlin, how would you improve on this movie? Okay, so here is what I would do. I've thought about this a lot. What needs to happen is that... So, Matthew McConaughey is going to be this rich billionaire. Okay. Okay. Not a lot of change. And... He lives in this the giant mansion in the movie by himself. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer Garner is his new girlfriend. She comes and lives with him at this mansion. Like, she's staying overnight. Mm-hmm. They both go sleep in the same bed. Matthew McConaughey wakes up in the next morning. Jennifer Garner's dead. And... <laughs> <laughs> And so then he brings new girl, new girlfriend over. He doesn't know why she died. So he's like, I got to hide this body. So he just like buries her outside. No joke. I feel like you're describing a plot of another rom-com that is on our list to watch at some point. Okay. So he buries her in the backyard. Another girl comes over and new girlfriend. Okay. She stays the night there, but she doesn't die this time. And so she is like making breakfast and stuff the next morning and Jennifer Garner comes down and is like, what are you doing here? She doesn't know she's dead. Jennifer Garner does Is she a ghost? Or yeah, is she she's a, a ghost. She's a ghost. Okay. And she doesn't know she's dead. And so then all the ghosts, the girlfriends that have died in this house that just randomly die the night before so come back. So Matthew McConaughey's a serial killer? <laughs> yeah, but or he doesn't a know it. in the house? <laughs> yeah, no, he's a serial killer, but he doesn't know it yet. Oh, okay. So then all the ex-girlfriends start haunting him. I mean, the, the girls that he brings in. Oh, okay. But this one girl just won't die. You want to know who plays the girl that just won't die? Who? Uh, Rachel. Rachel, uh, what's Bloom. her face? No, 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 no. Rachel. Yeah, Rachel McAdams. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty appropriate. Right. So that is my, my story. You're welcome. Okay. So mine's definitely better than yours. Hey! <laughs> okay. So here's what I would do. First of all, we're going to get rid of the entirety of... The Christmas Carol plot. Yeah, I I X that. There's no need for that. No. I thought instead Matthew McConaughey should have a near-death experience. Okay. Where he's either in some kind of accident. Mm -hmm. Like, like I would basically keep the beginning of the movie pretty pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. But on his way to his brother's wedding, he gets into, like, a car accident or something. This sounds like a Hallmark movie so far. Okay, great. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> and while he he is super dead, okay, he's a ghost now. Okay. And Emma Stone takes him through key like she's the only girlfriend ghost of girlfriend. Yeah, because she was the only good one. Yeah, she takes him through key moments and. Uh, like girlfriends and relationships that he had in his life. So he'll still go see Jenny. So mm-hmm. we'll see, still see like all of that. 
and how he was a terrible person. Mm -hmm. But then we'll see, like, you know, we'll see how his relationship with his brother was. And Mm -hmm. then maybe, like, we'll look at, like, a couple more relationships or something like that. Yeah. And then he, it's more of, like, a a Wizard of Oz type of situation where he needs to, like, find these things that are missing in his life, like a brain and a heart (laughs) and the courage to be monogamous. Yes. So that's what, and then he wakes up and like, like it would be kind of funny if like, as he's going on this adventure, if like people show up that are like in his, like his brother like shows up, but like as a different person or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's, I I like that. But I like your murderer idea a lot more. That's growing on me. (laughs) I think both of these movies could be made. Yeah. Um, All right. So a little, couple other facts. Connor Mead was originally supposed to be played by Ben Affleck. Okay, that's fitting. Yeah, that would have easily made this movie about a little bit better. And he married Jennifer Garner. He did. Crazy. Um, but Jennifer Garner wasn't supposed to play Jenny at the time that Ben Affleck was going to be in this movie. Oh, uh, okay. Which is kind of weird. That is weird. Um, and then for Uncle Wayne, they were considering Warren Beatty, Robert De Niro, Bill Murray, or Jack Nicholson. Bill Murray? That would have been... That would have been a completely different yeah, movie. Yeah, that would have been a different it movie. It would have been legitimately <laughs> funny. Yeah. So that leaves us with just one more question, Caitlin. How many ex-girlfriends would you rate this movie? <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a half of an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> half of an ex-girlfriend? Yes. Okay. How about how about you? Uh, I'll give it like one. Like one to two. Well, split the difference, one and a half. All right, all right. Because, I don't know, I enjoy Matthew McConaughey, so I can always, like, be a little forgiving of whatever (laughs) he's in, because I always, like, like, he, I really feel like Matthew McConaughey knows when he's doing silly movies. Yes. And he kind of hams it up a little bit and doesn't Mm -hmm. take it too seriously, and I thought that's what he was doing here. Plus, Emma Stone really sold this movie. She did great. Would you own it? No. Okay. Would you? No. Yeah. But... If you want to watch this movie, it is available on HBO Go or HBO Now on streaming. You can also go to our website and check it out on the podcast page, and there will be an Amazon affiliate link on there if you would like to purchase this movie, or if you'd like to purchase anything on Amazon, go ahead and follow that link because it will help fund this show. Caitlin, do you have anything to add before I close this out? Hey, thanks for being married to me. Hey. I'm really glad we didn't have to go through a situation like this. (laughs) You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Journey Into Film or at Journey Into Film on Instagram. Uh, Check out the A Journey Into Film website. It's pretty cool. And if there are any movies that you want us to talk about, if you think you know the absolute worst of the worst out there, go ahead and leave a comment on our Facebook page and we will add it to our list and try to get to it as soon as possible. That's all. All right. And we will see you guys next time. We don't know what we're doing yet. So stay tuned. <laughs>